Hello! Welcome back, everybody. Shout out to my sinners worldwide. Yeah, it's another episode of the podcast. Lead Singer Syndrome with me, your host, just like every week. My name is Shane Told. It is so great to have you once again, or maybe it's your first time listening. If so, well, extra special welcome. We got a good, good with a capital G, everybody, episode with one of the best, the nicest guy, I'm just going to say it right there, the nicest guy in punk rock, Mr. Chuck Reagan of Hot Water Music, also of great solo material. I have wanted to have Chuck on this program for a few years now, and he graciously accepted. And man, it's just a great conversation. We go pretty deep, you know, back into his childhood and and into, you know, kind of the history of Hot Water Music in a band that means a lot to me personally, uh, influentially. I mean, one of my biggest influences, especially on Silverstein, believe it or not, uh, a band that really changed the rules, I think, of what you were allowed to do in terms of post-hardcore, in terms of punk rock, in terms of emo, and kind of being able to mix these genres together. And uh, yeah, just groundbreaking guy and groundbreaking band. So thank you, Chuck, for doing this. Uh, yeah, this is good. Sit back. Buckle up, if you will. Uh, this is going to be one of the best, I assure you. Before we get to that, uh, just, you know, some show business to take care of. You can always email me if you're aware of that. It's it's leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Pretty easy. Follow me on social media at Shane Told. The Lead Singer Syndrome uh, accounts are Lead Singer Syndrome on Instagram and Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N, on Twitter if you like those. We do have a Facebook account. Also, that Neil and Julia run, and they do a fantastic job. And uh, yeah, I know Facebook is, well, it's a little last decade, isn't it? But go on there. We, we post stuff pretty often, and uh, you know, that's, it's still a thing. So check out our Facebook page. And if you want to help out the show, this thing's always going to be free. Don't worry about that. But if you do enjoy it, if you do want to throw me a bone, the best way to do that is to join the All Access Club. And... Pretty much how it works is you throw in a little bit of extra cash every month on a Patreon page and you get a whole bunch of stuff in return. Bonus episodes, bonus content, interaction with me, interaction with other fans of the show, merchandise. I do Q&As every month among a whole bunch of other things. And like I said, it is what keeps this thing free. It is what keeps the lights on around here, so to speak, with all you know the expenses and stuff that, that goes into doing this sort of thing. So yeah, check it out. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And yeah, it starts as as little as $6 a month. So yeah, it's, it's just a good time. We have a really, really great community. Um, 400 people now, I think it is. It's really, really beautiful. And um, you will meet some friends, I guarantee it. So I just ask that you check it out. Again, the link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I don't know if you tuned in last week. We had a really, really special show. I went to Los Angeles. Fearless Records had me out 
for their huge 25th anniversary celebration. I was at their pop-up shop with a really, really great podcast talking to Vic from Pierce the Veil, Aaron from Under Oath, and Telly from The Word Alive. I also spoke to Eric from I Prevail. I think that's going to be out next week. So hit the subscribe button. Uh, That's a really good one as well. But I really want to thank Fearless just for having me and believing in me and believing in this show and what I do, you know, as a, I don't know, an interviewer or, or kind of a fake journalist. I mean, whatever it is that I do, um, you know, I'm, I'm just a singer of a band that started a podcast. And I guess after four years of this, I've gotten good enough that people have noticed and want to fly me out to these events. So Fearless Records is awesome. And um, just thank you so much to Heather and everyone over there for being the best. What else? Oh, yes, my band Silverstein, we're starting our huge 20th anniversary celebration extravaganza starting this weekend in London, UK. Two sold out shows in London. We're really excited about that. Then we're going to Germany for a bunch of shows. They're mostly sold out too. I believe that there's tickets left in Frankfurt and Munich. So if you're in that neck of the woods, check it out. Then we have a short break and we're coming to America and Canada. So yes, go get your tickets for those shows. They're going fast. New York is sold out. Toronto is sold out. Montreal is sold out. Uh, yeah, Anaheim's going fast. LA's going fast. So check it out. The link for all that is is uh, Silverstein2020. Silverstein20.com. And we have great support. In Europe and the UK, we have Hawthorne Heights. Our old buddies coming out. And in the States, we have Four Year Strong and I the Mighty. So lots of cool stuff to see. We'll be performing three sets. Yeah, that, you can hear it in my voice a little bit. We've been practicing. I'm, uh, I'm excited for the challenge. So please, please check it out. I cannot wait. Well, anyway, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the almighty Chuck Reagan. I need a remedy of diesel and dust Something I can taste with a fix I can trust Another high, my potent and last Even I'm a peanut like a worry in a frost Hello, it's Chuck. Hey, Chuck. It's Shane. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Shane. How are you? Thanks <laughs> and, for calling. No, thanks for answering. Um, I've I've heard that sometimes you space on interviews a little bit, which uh, which <laughs> I I am uh, right there with you, man. Um, yeah, you, know, you get the that calendar. Calendar usually looks like a quilt. So <laughs> no, I, I the amount of times I've picked up the phone and uh, hello. It's like, oh hi, I'm uh, calling about the interview. <laughs> oh yeah, don't. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I know what's going on. <laughs> you just have to lie right through your teeth that you remembered. Um, yeah. So, but I do appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this, man. And I've I've been yeah, doing no this. Worries. I've been doing this podcast for like over four years. And, oh, uh, and yep. you, you've been kind of a guy I've wanted to, to whose brain I've wanted to pick for a long time. So I really do appreciate you, you doing this and, um, oh, man, I'm honored. I Thanks. mean, first of all, though, I mean, I'm 25 years, first of all, I mean, that's, 
what a milestone. Uh, the ups and downs have been unbelievable, but the fact that you are here doing this still, it must be a pretty amazing feeling. It is, man. I feel I feel really lucky. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I haven't been doing much different than many, many of my friends who are out there doing it just as long, if not longer, some of mm-hmm. them. And, uh, you know, we 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 worked hard we made a lot of sacrifices like all of us do when right. it comes to working independently and and kind of putting our whole being into something you know that we believe in um and uh yeah i mean it, it's still going you know and i feel <laughs> yeah. lucky but you know i will say like you know we we wouldn't be here if it wasn't you know for our friends and family and you know, the supporters that have been there, um, you know, from, from start up, up to now, you know, that's like, it, it, it def it really does. I know it sounds a little cliche, but it really does take a village, you know? Yeah. Well, it's to, interesting to that make you, something like this happen. Yeah. It's know? interesting that you say that, that you say, Oh, I don't know what, like what makes me different. And I'll tell you what makes you different, Chuck. We got a tour you know, opening for Hot Water Music back, what, fuck, 2004. And it was, you know, you guys being one of our, our favorite bands, a huge influence on, on all of us. I mean, especially Billy. Um, you know, we we were so excited. And, you know, we'd done other support tours where, like, you know, the headlining bands kind of up their own ass a little bit. And, you know, like, they don't really talk to the opening bands. And, and you know, you personally, Chuck, you were just so warm and friendly. Up until that point, you were the nicest headlining, you know, front man I'd ever met. <laughs> oh man! And I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not. I don't mean to, to toot your horn too hard, but seriously, I, I think that makes a big difference, and that goes a long way. And you know, I'm looking at your your tour dates here, and the fact that you're able to get like you're pulling fucking bands out of retirement, dude, to open for you. You know, I mean, Ann Beretta, I don't know if Ann Beretta's been doing shows lately. I haven't heard that name in a while. Strike Anywhere, they've been gone. The Full Blast is coming back just to do those Canadian dates. I mean, that's, that's, that speaks, that is the difference, man. You ask that question. Oh. That's the difference. Well, blame my mama. <laughs> <laughs> my dad. You know, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I was raised to just treat people the way you want to be treated. And, you know, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not always, I'm not a nice guy all the time. I don't think, <laughs> you know, I, I have my grumpy moments. Um, <laughs> well, who is really, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I always, you know, growing up, um, listening to bands, admiring bands and, um, you know, meeting, meeting some of them that didn't, you know, didn't, you know, meet those expectations. Yeah. Just heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreak. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, you know, to the point where I couldn't listen to those records for a while or ever again. It's and, brutal. uh, you got anyone you, you want to, you got anyone you want to call out at this time? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I had to try. Yeah, but uh, high road. It, Chuck's always taking the high road. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, but it, I mean, it it is. It's it's frustrating and and you know so disappointing when you know you you admire 
you know, admire someone, admire a yeah. band or an artist, you know, and you meet them and you're, and it's just a drag. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, just drops all the wind out of the sail, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I had a couple of those moments, you know, growing up where I, um, you know, I definitely kind of vowed like, man, if I ever get to that point, somebody knocked me off my rock. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just never wanted to. I never wanted to to be that way. Yeah, oh. excuse me. I just had to oh, run in and gra- grab a burrito real quick. No, no, that's that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know. So and and in doing that, I mean, it was kind of the the scene we grew up with and was very you know, very personable, you know, very, uh, uh, outgoing. And, you know, you, we didn't, we didn't come from a a scene or a circle where the band was any different than the people who paid to see the show. Because I know the next night we were the ones paying to see the show and hanging out with whoever it was that I, we were going I know, man. I, I literally remember it was the same. You know, I grew up just outside Toronto. And in our scene, too, like I would be playing a show with my band. And before yeah. we went on, I'd be moshing to the band before. You know, I mean, I was that was the way it was. And it didn't yeah. matter. It didn't matter, like fashion and all that shit. It didn't matter. It was it really was about the music and and about the songs and about the the community. And and what's cool about that, though, is is like, you know, Gainesville, Florida has is known for just an incredible scene and still is with the fest, you know, every year. It's an incredible thing. And it's it's a place you maybe wouldn't expect that to happen. But I I mean, that's the same place I grew up in Oakville, Ontario. You know, it's it wasn't Toronto and Gainesville wasn't, you know, Orlando and none of them were New York or L.A. Right. Well. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's a testament that, and I look at this way and I've looked at everything this way for a long time, you know, since I was a kid, it's like, you, it's your choice, what you want, your environment, your atmosphere and your scene to be like, we make it, we make it, you know? Yeah. If you're not, you know, if there's any young kids out there like listening to this and you're not happy with where you live, you got two options. Like you either leave or you make it the way that you think it should be. Right. You no. Know? Yeah. You build it. And, uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of these towns, uh, of these towns like that, you know, that it, it doesn't seem like a, you know, Gainesville, Florida, like central Florida, you know, but it, 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 uh, it, it was, it's been the way that it is because of what people do to build it that way. It's not, it doesn't just happen. Like you, people have to want it. And I mean, but I can't stress that enough. You know, we, I look at it. It's funny because, you know, here now, years later, I'm in, uh, you know, in Northern California 
and uh, I'm a you know when I'm home for for work I'm a fishing guide that's what I do I, yeah I, t- I take people fishing that's my job and uh, I mean I'm on the water probably 180 days a year and um, you know for the for a long time me and some other buddies were kind of looking at what we had out our back door and it just wasn't getting the the recognition and the hype that we felt like it deserved. We have some amazing fisheries, some beautiful places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I talked to a friend of mine, um, who is a guide. He runs, uh, owns and runs, uh, Schultz outfitters out of Ips, uh, uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, and those guys kill it up there. You know, they, they, they do a heck of a job. They run an incredible program. And I was talking to him about, you know, how it all came to be. And, uh, because that's, it's kind of another one of those, I mean, now it's funny. We went from music to fishing. That's but, okay. I, I'm, I'm all right with the, uh, going I, back and forth. <laughs> to me, it's all, it's the same because it's not even about what, 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 uh, people are doing it's more about the work ethic and the mindset that i'm talking about totally so you know these guys um you know realize that man we have all these incredible fisheries and these incredible opportunities around us when the people that live in our town are flying to the bahamas or flying (laughs) you know like somewhere else yeah which yeah that's cool, but hey, look around, you know? That's right. That's, you, I mean, that's you the. You have it all right here. Yeah, and, that's the classic and, grass is always greener. I mean, mentality that we have, which it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, the way, yeah it's, it's, that's always but, really, you know, not right. But I mean, Schultz said it best, and it was funny because, like, he was talking about fishing, but this totally relates to what we're talking about. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, if, if you don't like your scene, change it change it yeah and and i mean that or leave and uh um, but did you know that gainesville was so special like back in the early 90s like you're a kid you know i have read you know you skateboarding and you know doing shit and playing music whatever yeah. did you know that that what you had like with you guys and like you know less than jake and all the other bands that that was something that was going to be talked about in terms of punk rock like worldwide no i i mean when when we moved there, we moved there because we heard there was a lot of house shows. I'm not even kidding. Right? <laughs> that, and that was that was it. And like honestly, when we moved there, George and I, we had a plan where we were going to live there for a year and move again. And we 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 just wanted to travel around and move around. Yeah. And we we're like, oh, we'll live in Gainesville for a while. Then maybe we'll move to North Carolina. And then to New York, and then we'll just make our way. You know, <laughs> that's one way. Yeah, that's one way to gain a following, I guess. Uh, but yeah. you know, I we knew it was special uh, coming from where we were coming from. Um, you know, we try we we tried to do exactly what we're talking about in our little town in Sarasota. Yeah, um, you know, we would. Uh, uh, rent uh vfw halls and and you know uh little places and 
kind of have shows, you know, not George and I personally, but people in our right. scene, you know, and, uh, and I mean, it made it better for sure, you know, but we, we wanted more, you know, yeah. and, and like, we just wanted more shows. We wanted, we want, you know, we heard all these crazy stories, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, spoke and and radon and and the bands that were happening you know up in uh up in gainesville and uh we moved up there uh they met pat hughes who ran shaft uh records and uh you know met sean bonner who ran uh toy box and var yeah no idea of course and and then they had the hardback you know, Alan Bushnell owned and ran the hardback and the hardback was our hardback was like our CBGBs, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was our, that was our, you know, that's where it all went down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, or, or one of the house, many house shows that was around, but like the hardback was kind of the, that was the place. And, and, uh, you know, we would hear about all these stories and, you know, it to, you know, some, you know, golf raised, uh, kids, you know, <laughs> yeah. suburban, suburban kids who are yeah. just like, you know, wanting to get out and, and turn up and well, rock. Like, it, you, it yeah. All this yeah. Well, you talk, you talk about your parents, um, you know, you already brought them up, you know, you're, Hey, you're talking about your mom and your dad raising you right. And I, I'm sorry to hear about your dad passing away last year. Um, oh, that's but, very kind of you to say, man. But well, geez, I mean, you're never prepared for that. Um, but, no. uh, you know, but your dad was professional golfer on the PGA tour, Ryder cup, uh, player. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's an interesting upbringing. Not everyone's dad is a, a professional, uh, a athlete or, or a golfer, um, yeah. you know, in Sarasota, Florida. And that, that's a whole th different thing because with golf yeah. and the etiquette, uh, especially back then, you know, you're talking about very uppity country club people coming oh, yeah. around. So oh, yeah. what was it like when you decided, well, it to was, I mean, my fingernails it, black. Yeah. It was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, mom and dad. This is punk. And I'm, I've, I yeah. heard the stories about you literally like you were not, not a good kid. No, no, no. And, uh, and you know, I look back, I, I can't, I can't ever have any regrets because I love where I'm standing right now, you know? And, uh, uh, I, I love my wife. I love my son. I love where I live. I love what we've done. You know, yeah, we've made a ton of mistakes <laughs> and, you know, we hurt our parents and family along the way. We've neglected family along the way, neglected friends along the way to sacrifice for this band. And, um, you know, but at, at the end of the day, um, I, I'm truly appreciative and love where I am. So I can't really yeah. have any regrets. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, growing up in, it, it, we grew up in so many different facets of, of life and almost different standards. My mama is a Cajun woman, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, on my mom's side of the family, you know, her mom and dad, were rice and crawfish farmers, you know, dirt, just about as dirt poor as when, you know, when she was younger as could be, you know, and, yeah. uh, 
my papa's parents, you know, I mean, I heard all the stories from mama and how her parents couldn't stand him. They, they literally lived on a dirt floor. <laughs> they had a dirt, uh, they had like a, a house that was just walls and a roof and like a dirt floor, you know? And, wow. uh, um, and then, you know, on my dad's side, complete opposite, you know, uh, my grandfather on my dad's side was a dentist. He was a golfer. Yep. Very kind of high class, you know, um, you know, Florida he was from Tennessee originally, but my dad was born in Daytona. Um, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, you know, so, and my dad went to the golf course when he was eight years old. And I mean, the, he never really left. He <laughs> never, he never, I'm serious. Like he kind of, he wasn't really one of those kids that, you know, played a lot of baseball or, you know, he played a little bit when he was little, little, and, you know, he wasn't running around in the woods playing army like we were doing. He was at the golf course. Yeah. Since he was eight years old. And and uh, that's what made him the pro, you know, that, that he became. How's your swing, and, Chuck? Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> I had a great teacher, you know. Oh, right. Uh, well, your brother, too. Your brother uh, played pretty seriously, too, or still does, right? Yeah, I have one brother who's a pro down in, down in Florida, um, Dave Reagan Jr., yeah. And, uh, and then, um, and then my, my younger brother, Paul Reagan is man, that dude is just a ringer, man. That guy, he, he, if he, um, if he would have just applied himself a little bit more, uh, in that field, he would have gone really far with golf. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And he's still, I mean, he, He's the kind of dude that won't play for a year and just go out and smoke everybody. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, he's just, he's good at everything. He's my hero, you know, wow. but, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it was kind of weird. So when we would go to, um, we'd go to my grandparents, it was just all about fishing and hunting and getting dirty and playing in the woods <laughs> and playing in the swamp <laughs> and like, you know, frogging, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, Cajun living. And then when we that that was my mom on papa on my mom's side. And then when we we'd go to my grandparents on my dad's side, it would be in Florida, yeah. right on the coastal. And we were still fishing a lot, but we were playing golf. We were surfing. Uh, you know, our feet were a little cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's an interesting like duality of of growing up and seeing. I mean, maybe it's good to yeah. see both sides and not be you know because there's. Oh, I mean, 100%. I know I'm sure you've stayed in Hiltons and you've stayed on maybe not quite dirt floors, but pretty fucking close. Uh, I've you stayed know, on my share of dirt floors. There, no there you go. So you know, it's yeah, that prepared you for for both of those things. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I found skateboarding at an early age, and you know, that's what, like many of us, you yeah, know, that's what, that's where I found punk rock. That's where I found rock and roll. You know, I wasn't allowed to listen to, you know, any kind of uh, rock and roll or even the radio. You know, like my parents would be out of the house, and I would turn the radio on wow you know? and, well how did uh, you just how did you start playing guitar like that's 
Did that come after you kind of, you know, or no, was that something that your parents were cool, cool with? No, they, they were kind of cool with, I had a guitar at an early, early age, but it, I never took it serious. I just jumped on the bed with it, you know, like I'm <laughs> yeah. talking when I'm talking when I was like eight, nine, you know, 10. And then, uh, and then when I got into skateboarding and got into mute, you know, listening to music, I just want, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play loud. I begged my parents for a guitar. They finally broke down, bought me this little set, you know, yeah, like electric guitar with the tiny amp and the cord and a chord book and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, brought it home and just cranked up all the knobs. I was, <laughs> this was when I didn't, I, I remember I didn't even know that you had to press down on the strings to make a note or a chord. Neither you know? did I. I, I thought you and, just hit the, I didn't know. I didn't understand that part either when I first got a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I just cranked it all up. I started raging on that thing and, uh, they let me go for a little bit, but they, boy, they barged in and they picked up that whole set and I never saw it again. Really? Um, Actually? Yeah. Yeah. They like took me to the store, bought it. We went home. I started ripping on it and, they took it away <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, man, I was just disgusted, uh, by it all. And, but what, when I look back on it, what was pretty sweet and tells a lot about my parents is I came home from school one day and there was an acoustic guitar leaning up against the bed. <laughs> so, so they were still supportive just in their in their own in their own way uh, yeah in their own sanity uh for for the loudness no i i i go like i think about my bands like my high school bands like playing like my parents were cool with it so we would play in my parents house and the whole yeah. house shaking my parents upstairs trying to watch jeopardy or something at like i don't know how they were cool with, with that like mad yeah. mad respect do you remember the first uh song or riff you ever learned on a guitar Oh, that's a good question, man. Let me think. Um, it might have been sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> okay. Nice. That's a- um, I had a buddy that uh, one of my dad's golf buddies, um, you know, who uh, uh, he played with, worked at the club with. It was the assistant pro. His name was Roy Reidenauer. And, uh, he was a songwriter and apparently, you know, traveled around and, and lived in the back of his truck and lived in <laughs> Nashville for a while, tried to, tried to do it up, you know, and, yeah. and he kind of, he was called by golf, you know, so he kind of gave that up and went to golf, but he used to come over for dinner and show me chords and, cool. you know, yeah. get around and play and he'd play like like stuff like that. He would, he'd play old, you know, Towns Van Zandt or Dylan songs or, you know, what, just whatever country songs. And he played all kinds of stuff. Um, and it didn't matter if it was, uh, what my parents would call like secular music, you know, because it was Roy and it was an acoustic guitar. So, ah, it didn't I see. Matter. so you yeah. know, he would play like, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely learned, learned, uh, little things from him that, 
that uh changed my world and then it was my 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 buddy my brother chris christian prather um who plays in a band called the green goblin project he plays in a bunch of stuff but green yep. goblin project and and him and i you know hooked up at a real early age you know after my parents took my electric guitar away and we would i would go over to his house and we'd sit around and give each other homemade tattoos and uh, <laughs> listen to misfits and you know whatever and 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 he he was the one who taught me how to play a bar chord ah, and, uh, that's the game changer right there total game changer man blew my mind i'm like what i can just go yeah, I just can, move it up and down <laughs> i don't even have to change my fingers i just slide <laughs> oh and uh yeah blew my mind yeah uh, I love that. That's a great story. I, I got to say, man, the, the fact that sitting on the dock of a bay was the first song you learned to play on guitar. Isn't that your whole life? Like just coming right together? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 180 yeah. days fishing, 180 yeah. days playing guitar. It's like, it's just perfect. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh man. That's, that's absolutely wild. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit, and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com LSS. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buy Raycon.com slash LSS. If you're in tech, you've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and Map My Fitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. 
If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. So I want to talk about um, some of the stuff you're doing. I mean, you got all these shows coming up. Uh, you're, you're, you know, 25 years and you're highlighting two records, No Division and Caution for the Milestone. Was that a difficult choice uh, to, to kind of single those ones out? Um, we kind of let the people choose, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all had, it was, it was one of those things of when we started talking about doing it, we were, we had no idea what to play. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're like, all right, we got to, we still got to pick, <laughs> we got to pick, you know, what are we going to play? 19 songs, 20 songs, you know, and how many do we have? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. even, Jeez. I'm not really sure right now. Probably a, oh, at least, at least 120, something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 So it was kind of, you know, well, what, you know, what are we choosing? Yeah, we we asked around and talked to a lot of friends and and yep. uh, you know supporters and and yeah, it kind of came down to like no division and caution were like the two records that you know most people wanted to hear. You guys so, playing some additional tracks too, like play, oh, yeah. play the record, come back because like I can't imagine going to see you guys and not uh, for twenty fifth year anniversary not hearing Turnstile. You know, like yeah, a song yeah, like that totally. that's like started it all, kind of at least in my opinion, first song I yeah. ever heard. That's you know, awesome. it's yeah. hard, but it's hard, right? Because you, you start, you play yeah. whole albums and then some of the songs beat out the other songs that maybe shouldn't just because they happen to be on the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild, you know, I mean, any band that has been around for a while and kind of has a bunch of songs in the catalog, like you forget about songs, like you lose them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, doesn't mean they're good or bad or, or you know, not no, worth it doesn't. playing. It's just you kind of you get you get uh, you know in these m- modes where you know you're you're just you, some for some reason every record you put out you know there's like a handful of songs that you start playing right away and then that gets kind of whittled down to you know a few songs and then. For some bands, it comes down to where you don't play, you may play one or you don't play any of those songs off of that one record. Yeah. And it's just because you have all this other material you're either excited about or maybe at some point, you know, people gravitated a little more towards, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's hard when you, it's, it is hard when you start getting like how many records, you know, how water music has or, or my band has like, you know, eight, nine records and there's songs that slip through the cracks. It's like, it's someone will be like, Oh, why do you play that song? And you're like, I don't know why I don't have yeah. an, I don't have an answer. Like, you know, that song, that song's yeah. as good as, or, or maybe in some cases better than other ones. It's just yeah. for some reason it never saw it's had its day in the sun. And then, you know, yeah. once in a while you have the idea, Oh, we're going to, you know what? That track, nine that's a really good song on whatever record we're gonna we're gonna play it and then you play it and no one gives a shit (laughs) you're like we should have played the other song like like yeah because when you start playing songs live i don't know if it's 
if it's like because people look up set lists or, or they see you play the song live and then they go see they it, it's good so they want to see it the next time but like it, it happens to where you know the songs kind of it's self-perpetuating mm-hmm. yeah totally i mean there's definitely songs that we've written where you know, we're all like, yeah, we won't play that. That's, right. Like, there's always clunkers, you know, yeah. in, in the catalog. Are you playing uh, the albums in full at least? Yeah. Yeah. We play the albums from start to finish. Yeah. And then, and then we, and then we just play a bunch of stuff. Old, cool. new, like whatever. Yeah. I had, um, I had this guy, uh, Our Lady Peace, um, singer, uh, his name is Rain. I don't know if you know Our Lady Peace. They're, they're a very, very big deal in Canada. Uh, kind of like a radio band, but they play like arenas, arenas up here. And I was talking to him. They, I think they were doing their 25th, 20th or 25th anniversary for one of their tours. And I said, so uh, how's it playing like these songs? And he goes, oh, well, we don't play all of them. <laughs> like you don't? It's like, there, there's like three. I'm just, I'm no, no way. I'm not playing those. They're terrible. I'm like, okay, well, you can make your own rules, I guess, uh, if, you, if you really want to. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, uh, anyways, uh, where am I going next with this? Um, I guess, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with your other bandmates and how it's been up and down, you know, you guys kind of, like you kind of breaking off from them for a little yeah. while, whenever that was almost 15 years ago, I guess. And the, the you know, yeah. them forming the draft, you doing the solo stuff, you guys kind of coming back together in this way. It's, it's like a lot of times there's that cliche, you know, Oh, we're like brothers, but yeah, you guys really do seem like a family more than just about any other band I can think of. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. It, you know, I love these guys with all my heart, and like we have, you know. But just like any other family, like we fight like brothers too. Yeah, you know, uh, we don't fist fight anymore, but we used to. <laughs> yeah, Re- like we really did. You know, I mean, like we'd straight up throw down in the parking lot and, like, Jeez. and and then anybody and then and and then somebody would step in try to break it up and then we would we would team up and, and go, <laughs> we'd be like this is between us leave us we're brothers uh, just, just lunatics just dumb but uh but yeah i mean we we've been through quite a bit all together you know and we've all seen each other you know at our highest highs and lowest lows yeah and um you know we we made a decision um you know a a a good while ago that we're we're just never gonna break up that we're not one of those bands and we have no reason to break up right um you know, unless, you know, unless somebody, you know, kicks a bucket or decides that they don't want the band to go on anymore. Right. You know, and that was, that was the deal. It's like, if one of us decides they don't want the band to go on anymore, we're done. And, and it's fine. It's fine. Cause we've had a great run and, and made a lot of, you know, wonderful memories and experiences in all these communities across the world. And, uh, you know, I mean, and 
we've already broken up. <laughs> so we, I was gonna uh, I was gonna call you out on that, but I uh, yeah. I thought I'd just let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the first time, and it was probably the smartest decision. It really made us. It solidified everything that this band sings about and 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 lives and breathes. Is you know when we broke up that first time over in Europe. Um, you know, we weren't having, we were, honestly, we were just burnt. We were burnt out. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we went super hard, super fast right away and burn ourselves out. And, uh, um, you know, made a lot of sacrifices. You know, people were losing relationships, losing dogs, losing mm. places to live, coming home homeless, like losing vehicle, like straight up losing vehicles. Yep. I don't know how, but we did <laughs> like, we just yeah. like, well, like, where's my car? Like literally, uh, <laughs> Jeez. I yeah, don't know. It's, <laughs> like, well, and, uh, go ahead. And, go ahead uh, yeah. We, we hit a, <clears throat> we definitely hit a point where we weren't having fun and, and it exploded in our face. Uh, oh, while we were on tour in Europe, it got real nasty and we had like a couple weeks of tour left and, you know, it got nasty and then we all kind of took a breather and sat down late one night, talked about the reality of, all right, well, you know, I guess that's it, you know, and then we said, let's sleep on it. You know, everybody had, had a little to drink and we're like, let's, let's have breakfast tomorrow and talk about this for real. And, and, um, that next morning, that breakfast to me was the defining moment like it's what made hot water music you know what we have always been and and what we are today um we decided that it was way more important to stay friends than to be a band and uh we said that we said that to each other you know and we all shook on it we got up we hugged and we decided to finish the tour because that's what we came to do and that was our job. And we played the rest of the tour as a broke up band. And <laughs> which was. But nobody knew, pretty, right? You didn't tell me. Kind of comical when I look back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we would get up and we were playing in these cities that we'd never been to before, playing for people we've never been to saying that this was going to be our last show in that town ever. <laughs> and, That's uh, a bit of a bum out. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, come on, man. And uh, <sighs> yeah, we ended up going home and um, everybody kind of split and just said, all right, we did it. And What's next? And I think we were probably, you know, we were apart for just like two or three months. And uh, Var from No Idea wanted to record one last show and put out a, a yeah. live record. Yeah. And just for the, since we hadn't been playing, we said, all right, we, let's get together and record, you know, practice for this show that would later become live at the hardback. Yep. And uh, we got together and practiced and we ended up writing two songs. <laughs> and, we're, <laughs> and, and we're just hanging out and we're like, what are we doing? Oh you know? man. And, uh, and then that's when we realized like, okay, maybe not so hard and fast. There you, you know? go. There you go. And let's get smarter about it. So, and that, that's also when we all kind of made a decision like, Hey, if we're going to do this, 
let's go all in and just let's let's do it let's do this let's be this band and you know let's be fair to each other and go kick some ass you know yeah. and uh, and uh you know that decision was important you know because we were at a point where you know we weren't making enough money on shows to support ourselves or do anything at home um much less anybody else and uh you know the and and we weren't home enough to hold down a, any kind of decent well, that's, job that's the problem yeah so we were like stuck in this like limbo for a little bit until we just threw all in and said all right here we go you know let's do it and yeah and everything kind of changed but you know as 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 it all went on you know and then we had another kind of hiatus um not kind of we had a, like a three-year hiatus uh, <laughs> when i i hit a wall you know yeah. we we had the whole team of you know management and booking agent and businessman and all this and like um you know it was at a time where i started to get burnt and uh you know, it seems like it kind of go. It went around the whole camp. There was always it happened to somebody. You know, where well, somebody would just burn out. Yeah. You know? Well, that I mean, that's understandable over this many. You know, this many years. Um, I mean, with Chris Woolard, um, you know, Chris yeah. Cresswell, you know, good friend of mine. I've known him since we were like little kids. You know, growing up in the Toronto area. Um, I mean, he's done an amazing job. But you know, Chris Woolard, I, I know he had he's had some health problems, and he's not with you guys doing these shows i mean that must be i mean hard to to, to do this yeah. without him i mean him being so important obviously it would be super hard if cresswell wasn't there yeah and and i i can honestly say honestly um i don't know if i'd be doing it if cresswell wasn't there yeah i really don't i really truly truly don't like um you know, when, when, that, when all that went down and, uh, you know, we, we were on our way to Gainesville fest in October, 2017. And, um, yep. I was, I was at a gas station next to the airport and George called me about, you know, two and a half hours before I was going to get on a plane. And, uh, George was like, Wallard's not playing. And, um, you know, my, my first thought was worry, you know, like what's wrong. Yeah. And but nobody, nobody knew, you know, nobody really understood. He just said he couldn't play. And, you know, as we do, we just, we had to respect that and go, okay, well, what do we do now? You know? And, um, just like we'd done in the past when, you know, uh, there was one time where Jason couldn't make a show, uh, over, we were overseas and, um, you know, we, we ended up playing as a three piece. I played bass, which was, which was absolutely terrible. There's no way you know those bass lines. Oh no. And I knew that. And and I was like, you know, I didn't, I mean, we, we ended up knocking on a hotel room door, uh, cause we knew this other band. I wish I could remember the name of the band. Uh, and borrowed their bass so I could practice. <laughs> oh my and, goodness! And I practiced till my fingers were raw. Oh. And, like, and uh, and and I finally, I was like, I can do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna play root notes. Yeah. I'm just gonna beat it up, and we're just gonna rip it. And uh, 
you know, right before the show, and it was like Gross Rock, big show. Oh, really? Flog, Flog oh, my Molly. goodness. Flog and Molly was there, Bad Religion, I think. Bunch of, you know. Oh, yeah. And we had a good spot, so the tent was, like, jam-packed. And, uh, you know, I got I got kind of nervous. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, like, that's oh. understandable. You know, I'll, wow. I'll have a beer, you know, I'll have a, have a beer or two that turned into, like, <laughs> turned into like 15 you know oh it's easy to do when you're up yeah yeah by Uh the time i went up there i wasn't nervous but i was hammered and couldn't do anything so it was it was pretty awful (laughs) Uh, but but yeah you know we decided to you know when i when i was talking to george we decided to play as a three-piece and we were like oh well who else is there we got a bunch of buddies in town let's just get some friends to come up sing a song or play a song and we'll just we'll make it just like a fun thing you know yeah and do our best uh we're our, you know we're announced we're going flights are booked and um black and i started talking we're like man flatliners are there Cresswell. i'm like he sings he plays guitar you know we all we're all friends yeah and we hit him up and Cresswell's response was like are you kidding me? I already know like five songs. Of course he does. Yeah, of course. And, um, man, that, that badass sat, he sat behind stage before we played after, uh, flat set. And he learned like a few more songs and just get, got up and just killed it. And the three of us looked at each other like, wow, like what a guy. Like we're, you know, obviously we were bummed, sad, confused, all the, all the feels, you know, like, I don't know what's going on, but (laughs) that was badass. And then, um, and then the next night they had another show and so did, so did hot, hot water. And instead of going out partying late, you know, um, Cresswell ended up back in his hotel room. And learned like five other songs. Wow. And yeah. So the next night we played a full set with him on deck the whole time. And uh, after that show, I told him, I said, look, man, you know, we have no idea what's going on. And I don't even know if we're going to play shows. We don't know. We don't know anything. But if we do and it doesn't impose on the flat schedule and, you know, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We full, have full respect for yep. everybody. Um, you know, just told him flat out, like we we want you on board if you're down. You know, wow. and uh, well, it's and, been a beautiful thing. I saw you guys play one of those, whatever it was. I guess last summer in Europe, we played some stuff together, and and he just he's amazing. Oh, unbelievable. And what's crazy too is like, so, you know, and I wanted to ask you about, and we've been going on and on, man. I can't believe we've been talking for 45 minutes, but, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about your vocals and your style and, and just, you know, that's the thing people hear when they hear hot water music is your vocal. And also, also Chris's, you know, Willard's, um, style, but it's funny how, how Cresswell just, he just did it. Yeah, he, he, man. Just, he just somehow just sings like like Willard. It's like it's kind of it's kind of scary almost. Yeah, yeah. He he does, but bring totally brings his own style and his yeah. own fire. And uh, you know, we got a lot of friends out there, man, who've been coming to see us play for over a couple decades. You know, and these are 
our family. You know, these are people that have been around and somebody that's not afraid to walk up to you and go, that sucked. <laughs> like, you know, like you guys were not so good tonight. <laughs> like, and uh, and you know they're you know we're we're all close enough. You know we're they're straight shooters. And I tell you, you know we got a lot of friends who you know Wallard's their brother too, and yeah. uh, and they get it. They understand, and and they've come up and just been like, you know what. And all my all my good friends call him Other Chris. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's like his nickname's <laughs> Other Chris. And uh, it, for for a short while, it was New Chris. Yeah, <laughs> but that's gone now. It's now it's Other Chris. Yeah, or just Cresswell. And uh, you know, the dudes in the band. I mean, he's he's been playing with us since October of 2017 a lot of people don't a lot of people don't realize that it's been that long but it has and and i'll say this too man yeah go ahead like we we love wallard we miss him you know i would love to see him come back one day you know um i don't know if it's gonna happen uh you know it doesn't seem like it right now at all um to be honest and but he's 100% 100% supportive and on board and and loves what we're doing him and Cresswell are good buds and yeah like, well and, what about what about f- the future of music I mean like right like are we gonna get a new hot water music album is Cresswell gonna be involved is Willard are you all are the five of you gonna gonna work on it together or is that is that the plan the, that's the game plan yeah, yeah you know? I think it sounds and amazing so, yeah it would it would be beautiful you know I mean we kind of I wanted Cresswell involved on the last two records we did, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and you know, I mean, he was, he was kind of, he's been there and, uh, you know, he was real at Cresswell's been apprehensive, you know? Well, uh, it's kind of like one of those things you don't want to come in and spoil the sauce, I guess, you know, especially it's one of your favorite bands, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but he was he was definitely, you know, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if that dude really understands how how special he really is. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, but I, I said it once already. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, uh, you know, it, it's so much more than just his playing ability, his stamina and everything, but just his overall attitude and his energy, you know, off the stage at the airport, you know, in the van, in the bus, like we, we just love him. We love being around him and love, you know, he's, he's just, he's just wonderful to, to have in the atmosphere and to be in his atmosphere, you know, um, got to get got, him on the show. I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how I haven't had him on the show yet. I don't know. Yeah. yeah he gets, I mean, he's been talked about like that by so many people, um, yeah. you know? So if yeah. you listen to this, Cresswell, come, come, give me a call. Come on. We, we have some, lots of things to talk about. Yeah. Um, so a, a couple more things. I, I don't want to um, take up more of your time, but I do want to ask you just a couple quick things. Uh, I want to ask you about, first of all, what's going on next? Are you, after this is done, are you going to be doing some solo stuff? Uh, new hot yeah. water music record. What's the plan next? Yeah. Um, and also I had a few fan questions and a lot of them were asking about the revival tour. Yeah. Um, 
you yeah. know, that was your baby. Very cool. Uh, a lot of people wondering what happened to it and if it's going to come back. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm in the studio right now. Oh, you are. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a new record. Um, it's going to be on Rise Records. And you might be the first person I'm telling that oh, to. Oh, cool. I, well, I mean, thanks for the exclusive. And whatnot, but we haven't, yeah. not, we haven't made any public announcement. Um, and when but, you say you, you mean you mean Chuck Reagan or you mean Hot Water? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Todd, Todd Bean and I yep. have been writing some songs. We're going to be recording with uh, Ryan Williams, uh, who did, he recorded The Flame and the Flood. He recorded Light yeah. It Up. He recorded Shake Up the Shadows. Um, he does a lot of the ship, ship Thieves stuff. He's one of our buddies who runs Black Bear Studios in Gainesville. So nice. Uh, we'll be working with him. Um, yeah, pre-production starts early February. Start going to start cutting the record mid-March. So, so maybe out in the summer. We'll see, man. That's yeah. not my. That's not my. I don't make that decision. Right. Right. <laughs> that's not my. <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to make some songs and have some fun and and uh, cool and make a make some good recordings. When you when you sit down to write a song. And I just have this question to you about just about songwriting. I assume your approach starts with an acoustic guitar and, you know, maybe humming a melody or something. Do, yeah. you, do you do you write like do you write based on a project you're about to do or do you just write a song and then you kind of say, oh, maybe that'll be a hot water music song. Maybe that's a solo song. Maybe that's for something else. That's a good question. Like some of them, some of them definitely like reveal themselves right away. Yeah. Where I'm like, OK, that goes in that folder. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, you know, some of them are, you know, I mean, most of the time when I write it just, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just like sit down and got something on my mind or on my brain or, you know, just like, re just need, to need to vent, you know, there you go. And, yeah. and, you know, that's what it's always been good for me for, you know, is, is just that ther therapy uh, aspect of it all. Um, and in that way, you know, there, I don't plan to write anything any way. It's just, that's, that's what's happening. That's what's, what, uh, I'm hearing or what I'm feeling at the moment. And, um, you know, a lot of the times exactly that it kind of starts with acoustic, a melody, you know, maybe a phrase or two, um, and then just filling in the blanks from there, you know, Absolutely, man. Well, dude, hey, thank you uh, so much for your time uh, speaking with me and being just so honest and just the, the, you, you gave me what I wanted, Chuck. It was it was perfect. So thank you. Right on, buddy. Uh, last question. Last question. Yeah. Have you ever been ice fishing? I have not. And I've all it's a bucket list thing, dude. You got to do I've it. Always, I've always wanted to do it. And uh, yeah, yeah. One of these days. One of these days, I'm going to make it happen. All right, man. Well, have a great rest of your uh, afternoon and uh, can't wait to hear the next thing and, and have fun in Canada on those shows. All right. Thanks, All right, man. man. I, I really appreciate uh, your support. Oh, and to answer your question about revival, real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, did, uh, yeah. We did something recently. Uh, Dave Hawes and Dan Andriano, myself, we went out and uh, we did, did, a, did a show that uh, benefited cast hope an organization i work work with um that takes underserved kids out into the outdoors and uh and that was really cool and and you know i get a lot of responses from that too you know i get a lot of people and 
that tour, you know, it kind of dissolved for a little bit. Mostly because, man, my wife and I were funding everything and um, it was just insanely expensive and hard to put together, keep together. Yeah. Um, we lost an absurd amount of money over, uh. the, over seven years that we did it. Uh, don't regret it. You know, we, we have, you know, had made some beautiful shows happen and, and um, met some incredible songwriters that have become just lifelong friends. And, you know, um, yeah, man, uh, I would love to see it happen again. I'm not sure. There was a little while where we were talking about, you know, turning it into a festival. Yeah. Uh, and, but I'm not, I'm not sure right now, you know, it may be one of those things where you may see it pop up here. Cool. And there. I hope so. Uh, I hope so. All right, Chuck. All right. Well, thanks so All much, right, man. Pal. And, uh, and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thanks buddy. All right, man. You take All care. Right. Yeah. Take care now. Bye. So there it is with Mr. Chuck Reagan, a legend and such a sweetheart. And it was so great to have him on the show. And I know, you know, I do have quite a few punk rock guests. You know, if you guys know, you guys listen to this, that's that's my shit. That's the music that I truly love that I grew up on. And we have a guest coming up. I'm not sure if it's going to be in two or three weeks, but we have a punk rock legend. And I don't want to tell you who it is yet, but I was so excited to do this conversation so if you're into this kind of music, if you're into punk rock, maybe it's the first time, you know, you've checked out this podcast, go back. I've spoke to Joey Cape of Lagwagon, Fat Mike of No Effects, Tim from Rise Against, a vast list of punk rockers. So hit the subscribe button. You never know what is going to be coming up on this show. Anyway, I will leave you with a tune, and this is going to be the one that started it all for me. Here it is from Hot Water Music, Turnstile, on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love, and we'll see you next week. Raise your rights and twist. Find your meaning and Use the signs and sight to relive and live again. What are you holding back and what you're holding? No matter if you sit or if you're going.
Yeah, 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 yeah.